Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. The background of Hebrews, this, this book we're reading, which is complicated, is more complicated because we don't understand bits of it. Craig came up earlier, okay, and he talked about he talked about the temple and the way, the truth, and the life. And those people didn't need that explained, okay? The people reading this, so we think that Hebrews was written by someone, we don't know who, okay, and it was written to some Jewish people in Jerusalem who were Christians 2,000 years ago, okay? And so they understood what it meant to be Jewish, and they understood what it meant to be living where they were and all of that, okay? And we don't. And that's fine, okay? Like, it would be silly to pretend that we do, okay? So sometimes we have to do some work, and sometimes it is worth that effort. Sometimes we have to do a little bit of work to understand what was going on. And I've had to do some work as well to become a doctor. Okay, so this book here. Does this book look interesting? No. No. Okay, this book is called The Fundamental Anatomy for Operative General Surgery. Okay, so when I was 18, I was going to medical school and I said to my my mum, my mum's a doctor, and I said, can you give me a book that I can read? Over the summer holidays, I can take my time, I can read this book, and I I think in my head I was thinking, I'll read one book and then I'll understand basically everything about medicine and then I won't have to do any work. Okay, that, I think that's what I was thinking. I was thinking I could sit on the beach and read a book, and then I'd be done. Okay, so I got this book, and it's actually written by my, my mum's friend, Stephen, Steve Snooks. He's a surgeon. Okay, it's a very well-renowned book, and I opened it to page one. I don't have the book anymore. I threw the book away, but, but I looked it up online, and I found the first page of the book, and this is the first page. I think you're going to be pretty interested. Looks good, doesn't it? Okay, so I picked it up, and I thought, okay... This is how I become a doctor. And I opened it up and I went to that first page and I read superficial paratidectomy. Superficial paratidectomy. Turn to the person next to you and say superficial paratidectomy. (laughs) I'm going to say superficial paratidectomy more times today than I ever have in my whole medical career. And I thought, I have no idea what that means. Okay, so I thought, I'll read the bit underneath. The serous secreting parotid gland extends from the zygomatic arch to below the angle of the jaw. The facial nerve separates the superficial portion of the gland line. That's about where I would just fall asleep or just stop reading. Okay, and over that summer, I opened that book. I remember it like seven times. Each time I was like, no. This time I'm going to learn medicine. And I opened it up and just could not make head nor tail of what was going on. Because when I first went to medical school, they taught me some basics. They taught me some of the things that I needed to know to understand what on earth was going on. So one of the first things they taught me is that medicine uses its own language. Okay, it uses its own med- special words that, like Hong Kongers, Iranians, you're hearing this and go, I don't know what this means. None of the English people do either, okay? It's a weird, exactly, it's weird nonsense, okay? And so I learned that superficial means on the surface, okay? Parotid 
means saliva gland, spit gland. You know when you make spit in your mouth, yeah? The parotid gland does that. And then ectomy, okay, is like Greek or something, okay? And it means to take something out, okay? So have you heard of ectoplasm? Ghostbusters? Come on. No, 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 no. Okay, like, that was... that. That was Batman. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. That was it. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So, like, ectoplasm is when the ghosts, they send something out from themselves. Okay? So, it means to, to take something out. Okay? So, an appendicectomy is an appendix ectomy. You're removing the appendix. So, in a superficial parotidectomy, turn to the person next to you and say superficial parotidectomy. Yeah. You remove the, the saliva gland from the surface. You all know medicine. But without that understanding, that basic teaching, I didn't know that. And when I went to church for the first time, I began to learn the basics of medicine. Uh, not medicine. The ba well, you're learning the basics of medicine. I learned the basics of following Jesus. Okay? And actually, I learned those basics again and again. You know, one of the things we talk about with songs in church, okay, so, like, is that we sing those songs again and again. But a lot of those songs are full of really good truths that we need to kind of learn again and again. And when we read Hebrews, we're finally on to Hebrews 6 verse 1. We're progressing fast here. Let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let's go on instead and become mature in our understanding. So he's not here. He's not saying... Learning the basics is bad, okay, but most of us don't need the basics anymore. If you're here and you don't know anything about Jesus and this is all confusing to you, we would love to explain it to you and we often will, but this preach is at everyone else in the room, really, because we do know the basics and we have heard them again and again. What's your favorite film? I'm going to pick on some people. Come, what's your favorite film? Avengers, okay. And how many times have you seen it? Just once. <laughs> Just once for favourite film. Come on. What's your favourite film? Just like some cartoon. <laughs> some cartoons, okay. Any specific one? Okay, say it in Cantonese. And how many times have you seen Sugelim? Yeah. How many? Four times, okay. Who's got a favourite film they've seen more? Yeah, how many times? School of Rock, probably 100. School of Rock is so good. Okay. Um, so my favorite film is The Matrix. Okay. Um, and I, I think I've seen it about 30 times. And when I told Catherine, I, I was like, probably about 30 when I calculate it, she was really unimpressed. And she was like, why are you wasting your life? Okay. <laughs> there is no spoon. Exactly. I like it. Um, and the theme tune is, there isn't one. Okay, um, oh, well, there kind of is. A sort of, anyway, moving on. The Matrix, and I've seen it many times. Okay. How many sermons have I heard? Okay, you get to calculate this. No calculators, just in your head, you've got to guess. I've been a Christian since the 13th of June, 2004. Okay, and I've been to church pretty much every week since then. Okay, how many Sundays is that? Okay, close. Any other guesses? It's not that close. Any other guesses? Look at that. That's amazing. And you didn't use a calculator. You just looked at it and did maths in your head. Very clever. It's 987. Round of applause for Rob there. That's amazing. Um, 
if you'd said the actual number, I had a prize for you, but never mind. Um, I didn't have a prize. It, it, that is just under a thousand is amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. Nearly a thousand breaches. Okay, that's a lot. That's a lot, isn't it? And that's enough time to absorb the basics. How many of you have heard a thousand breaches? Probably quite a lot. Probably some of you have heard a few more than a thousand. <laughs> um, harsh. And so the writer of Hebrews says, let's go on instead. Let's not carry on focusing on these basics, the basic understanding of what's going on. Let's go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Because the basics have a reason. There's a reason we learn this stuff, okay? And so that's, that's so that you can understand the problems that we face. So this is the parotid gland, okay? And you can have problems with it. You can get infections, you can get stones, you can get cancer, okay? So you can have these problems, and then how do we fix them? What do we do? We do a... A superficial paratidectomy. That's what we do. That's how we fix them, okay? And in the same way, when we're learning these basics of the fact that I'm a sinner, I do stuff wrong. I have broken relationships with the world. And Jesus came to fix that, okay? And Jesus wants to build a whole and fixed world, okay? Well, that's why we're learning those basics, and, and that, that verse up there, it, it, said, it said, let's go on instead. Okay? And a different translation says, let's press onwards to perfection. Okay? So that means let's, let's go on a journey. Okay? It doesn't mean that you need to be perfect. Okay? I say this quite often. This is not a church where you need to be perfect. Okay? If there's anyone perfect here, you can go home. Okay? This is a church where we accept that we are broken, that we have mistakes. Yesterday, I got angry and I threw some tomato juice at the floor and got tomato juice on the floor because I was angry, okay? And I'm still allowed to preach, okay? Like, as in, you do not have to be perfect to follow Jesus. But what we commit to together, the agreement we have is that we're, we're pushing on. We're, we're on a journey and our, what we're setting our eyes on is perfection. It's setting our eyes on goodness and hope and the problem is if we don't do that it's not there's a phrase it's not a zero-sum game it's not that we lose nothing it's not that you aim for perfection or you do nothing and it's just fine because if you're not on that journey if you're on it and you've had a thousand sermons and you're still not really trying what does that make you what does it make you it makes you a slug Okay, slugs, not very attractive, don't go very fast. Um, and it says here in verse 12, we desire that you may not be sluggish. Turn to the person next to you. I'm sorry I do this so often. Turn to the person next to you and say sluggish. Yeah, it's a good word, isn't it? Um, and the writer here says, I desire that you not be sluggish. Horace, I desire that you don't be sluggish. Naomi, I hope that you don't be sluggish. Okay, every one of you, our desire is that you're not sluggish. Because slugs aren't very inspiring, are they? Who's inspired by the slug? No one. <laughs> okay, that's fine. We'll move on from that. There'll be some separate prayer time for that later. Um, and it's not even that. So we've got aiming for goodness and holiness and God. 
and we've got not really trying. But actually, on the other side of that, it's bad stuff, okay? And, and we're not a church that does like the hellfire and damnation, you know, you must repent and believe or you're going to burn in hell. We don't do that here, okay? We're a bit nicer and we don't think scaring people is a good idea, okay? But actually, the writer here, he compares people who, who do nothing, who, who fall away as a burnt field, wasted potential, wasted hope. If you're a farmer and you've got this big, beautiful field, you're excited about the crops that you're growing and the food you're going to make. And if you stand and look at that field burning, that's, that's, a, that's a sad feeling. And that's, that's what God feels when he looks at people who, instead of seeking goodness and holiness, seek, well, badness, unholiness, evil. By rejecting the Son of God, they themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame. If a field bears thorns and thistles, it's useless. The farmer will condemn the field and burn it. And this passage says this, and I'm going to make you say this to each other, but this is the one that actually matters because all the others were just silly. Okay. You are meant for better things. Turn to each other and say that. You are meant for better things. That's what the writer of this, of this letter has written. Now, who had school reports? You all have school reports? Okay. Hong Kong teenagers are looking awkward now because they know about school reports and they're scared of them. Okay. So my school reports said this. If Chris would only apply himself to study instead of jokes and trying to make the class laugh, he could actually make something of himself. And in a way, that's what, that's what they're saying in this, in this passage. A little bit, but not really. There's something else, actually. This is a teacher who really believes in you, okay? Dear friends, even though we're talking this way, we don't really believe it applies to you. We are confident that you are meant for better things, things that come with salvation. The writer is confident, okay? Now, I haven't got the writer of Hebrews here. We don't know who it was. We think it, I think scholars think it might have been a woman, might have been a man. We don't know who they were. So I can't, if I could get them here, I could say, hello, welcome to Life Church Latchford. And they would say, I don't understand you because I speak first century Hebrew and I've got no idea what you're saying. So then we'd get Google Translate out and eventually we'd manage to have a conversation. And I'd say, do you know that 2,000 years later, millions of people are still reading your letter? And they'd be like, are you serious? But if I then said to them, that letter, you wrote it to some Jews back then, but is it for us? If we said to God, God, is this letter for us? I think God would say yes. I think the writer would say yes. Okay. I know it's written to some people in a specific place, but there's some elements to this that are written to us right now. The writer is confident. Okay. And the writer is confident in your future. In the future in front of each of you. We're confident that you are meant for better things. We're not a world that's very good at affirmation, not very good at saying nice things. So I'm, I'm going to say these words over you guys. I'm confident 
that you are meant for better things. You will follow the example of those inheriting God's promise because of their faith, their endurance. And we, us, any of us who has fled to Jesus for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. I mean, how many refugees do we have in the room? I think we've probably got more refugees in here than we have non-refugees, right? Like pe- people who've come from Hong Kong, people who've come from Iran. And you've, you're refugees to a state. But every one of us who is following Jesus, we're refugees from the world. And we've come and we've said, God, we flee to you for refuge. And the writer here is saying you can have great confidence as you hold on to hope. And if you're here in this room and you don't think that there's a refuge available to you, if you've not felt able to flee, if you feel trapped by the world right now, well, please come up for prayer at the end. And the writer is confident in God's goodness, confident that God will be there will follow through on his part of the promise. God is not unjust. He will not forget. Abraham received what God had promised. And this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. And once again, me and Craig didn't talk about this before the service, but he came up and shared a story of getting into the inner sanctuary earlier. And that's, that's what this is. That's what Jesus did. He, he lets us in, not in the hellfire and damnation, not in being slugs. He welcomes us in to the good and the holy place. And I'm confident, and the writer is confident, that loving others is the route to hope being fulfilled. Like the way that we act this stuff out. There's the... There's the attitude of your heart that says, I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to press onwards. But the working out, the way that we do that, he will not forget how hard you have worked for him, how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers, as you still do. Six people messaged me saying, I would like to drive a car to Manchester and back, and then maybe to Manchester and back again afterwards like six people said I want to drive a hundred miles in the wrong direction so that I can show and love and care for other believers that's inspiring church that that inspire I was inspired by your love for one another our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts and it's a commitment it's a long time okay but that our that that we do that that we set our sight clearly on that as the, as the way that we live. A, a little bit I really love in this when I read it is it says, you will not forget how hard, he will not forget how hard you've worked, how you've shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. So he's not just saying, I have this hope that you're going to start loving people. He says, my evidence that you're going to love each other is because I already see you loving each other. You'll keep on loving others as long as life lasts. And I'm, I'm pretty much done. Um, can Fionn, could you just come play a bit of keys? Is that all right?
Um, and pastoral team, I'd just like to come up because I'm going to invite people to come up for prayer if they'd like for prayer. Um, so if you can just be here to receive people, that'd be good. I was finishing this preach and I was done here. And then I said, Lord, I have got another story about superficial paratidectomy, but I'm not sure if I'm just putting it in for no reason. But it's quite a good story, so I think I should. But just because I have a story doesn't mean that I should share it. And so I, I had it on the bit of paper. And I said, Lord, if you want me to use this, tell me how to use it. And then he did. So I'm going to tell you how to use it. So actually, I went to university. I learned how to be a doctor. And the first operation that I saw was a... A superficial paratidectomy. Okay, it was the first operation that I learned how to do. And I was sat with a, I was sat with a, a doctor and I was talking to him about it and he was teaching me about superficial paratidectomy. So when you take it out, there's no saliva gland there anymore. It's gone, okay? But the nerves on the outside of the face, okay, they come down and they still want to connect to a saliva gland, okay? They still want to make spit because that's their purpose. That's what they're built for. That's what they're driven for, okay? But, but there's no saliva gland there, okay? Like, as in, it's like saying, uh, me saying, can you wire this socket in, okay, onto the wall, but I don't give you a socket, okay? But these cells, these nerves, they are so committed to their purpose that they connect and they look and they find, on the outside of the face, sweat glands, okay? Sweat glands, which are glands that release a liquid. And the nerves go, well, that's good enough for me. Okay, and they connect. Okay, and so the way you test to see if someone has this problem is you give them a lemon. Okay, so imagine a lemon, a slice of lemon. Okay, imagine, I just want you to actually physically do this. Imagine taking the lemon and putting it in your mouth now. Okay, can you feel your mouth make spit from that, just from pretending to eat some lemon? Okay, and they do that and they get this circle of sweat on the outside of their face. Okay because the nerves were so committed to their purpose that they didn't let any, even the complete lack of what they could see in front of them get in the way. We desire each one of you to show the same earnestness, that earnestness, to have the full assurance of hope until the end. And so I'd like to invite you up for prayer today. I think for three things. So yeah, if I can have prayer team up. If you feel that you need refuge from your problems, from yourself, from others, from brokenness in your life, please, please come up for prayer. If you feel that you've not known how to love people and you want to love people but you, you don't know how, or you're scared, or you just don't see where you would fit into a big mission of loving people, come up for prayer. And finally, if you're lacking in that earnestness, if you believe in Jesus, if you believe these things we've been hearing, you've heard the preachers a thousand times, but you're just not, you're not committed enough to push. You can see that the saliva gland is missing, and you're just like, ah, fine, I tried. You pick up your Bible and you go, can I be bothered? If you are missing that desire to see the fire of God in your life, the Holy Spirit 
working in you, to see miracles happening in your life, then please come up and it would be an honour to pray for you. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarrington.com.